So considering the fact that the blockchain has been out since 2009, why is adoption so slow? Technically, this is not new technology. What is the bottleneck? That's what we're gonna dive into today. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. So a lot of times we have these spaces and discussions. We speak about this being brand new technology, and that's the reason why it is not catching on. We often speak about this is the future. This is the way people are going, because obviously we see the vision. We understand it. However, to say that this is new technology is not technically true. The problem with this is it is not mass adopted technology. So the question that we often ask since I came into the NFT space was, when is this going to be mass adoption? When are the masses going to show up? When is everybody going to catch on? We feel like we're early and we're just waiting for the masses to catch up. Well, the bottleneck is actually not in the technology. I am seeing some amazing things being built. All through this bear market, I have found the coolest things ever. Some of the coolest founders, some of the best projects. The tech absolutely works. And every day I realize there's really no limit to where someone's imagination can bring all of this and how all of this could be adopted to make something absolutely amazing. So kudos to everyone that is exploring all the unconventional ways of how they can put this technology into action and whatever business, even some of the most boring industries. I have seen some amazing use cases and ways people can implement this stuff. And the company that I often use or give an example for is not the most sexy company. We talk about the Teslas. We talk about Amazon, Netflix, Google, and Facebook. You know, the Fang. Well, I guess you'd say now it's Meta, so it's not Fang. A while back, the Fang companies was the ones that was like driving the entire marketplace. Now that Meta is no longer Facebook, it is now the Mang companies, which was Meta, Apple, Amazon, Netflix and Google. And the funny thing is Google's also Alphabet. So anywho, the companies have changed their names and their letters. So we have to come up with a new acronym. However, that is still pretty much the case. And a lot of the time we think that is tech. However, there are companies like IBM, there are companies like Oracle are massive companies running businesses all over the world and nobody knows what they do or SAP. Just Google SAP, look at their logo and you'll notice that that is all over the place. Pretty much every business that you go, you'll see an SAP sticker, a decal, or something of that nature. That's because they're pretty much running half of the world's back end, and nobody really knows what they do from the public-facing side of things. However, they are a massive company and business heavily depends on them. Although the consumer-facing products like the Netflixes are going to capture our imagination and our news feeds, and the media loves to run with that stuff, the things that are being built right now are the unsexy stuff. But as far as the front-facing consumer side of things, it doesn't really matter how much businesses adopt them and how much this technology is going to be used. And for example, I've spoken about how the California DMV is going to use that Miami as a, a municipality for a different document. However, that is not sexy. That is not what something gets people really excited about NFTs and cryptocurrencies, Web3 and all this stuff. Reason being is because the bottleneck for the entire system is the wallet. Wallet innovation is lagging far behind the use cases and the entrepreneurs and all the people that are building cool things. The tech, as I said, absolutely works. Coders, creative people, innovative people are doing some really, really cool things. 
and they're building. That has not stopped. Although the prices of JPEGs is falling, people aren't as excited as they were 18 months ago, even though that is resuming, I will definitely say the problem is people just don't have wallets. And if nobody has wallets, they're not going to buy NFTs and get into this whole ecosystem, start collecting and using this stuff, using it to log into dApps. So one of the big things, which I covered on a previous episode, uh, probably about a year ago at this point, because this technology actually came out all the way back in February of this year, 2023. And this is ERC-4337. And this is just a really technical term, account abstraction. What does that mean? Well, I'm not a coder either. So don't worry, you have to know what that means. But anytime you hear ERC-4337 or account abstraction, they're speaking about the same thing. And long story short, that is the technology that's going to make the EVM or Ethereum virtual machine blockchains, which includes, of course, Ethereum, Polygon, Arbitrum, Optimism, and all of these different chains that run the EVM. It's going to make it so that you don't need a recovery seed or that secret key to necessarily secure your funds and use all this stuff. Now, the maxis, the hardcore people that are out there saying, if it's not your keys, not your crypto, you have all of your stuff. Well, the good news is this is not a custodial wallet. Although I think custodial wallets do have their time, their purpose. For example, Social Connector, that entire platform, which is onboarding a whole bunch of Web2 creators into Web3, that whole thing is built on a custodial wallet system. There's also CrossMint, which allows people to mint and purchase NFTs using a debit card, credit card. It has a custodial wallet built into it for those people that don't have their own wallets. Paper.xyz and quite a few other ones allow you to mint with a debit card or a credit card and you don't need to use a traditional MetaMask or whichever wallet it is for that particular chain. So as far as that goes, that is really the bottleneck and the high hurdle to get a lot of people into the space. And if you listen to the show, you can often hear me say that I have NFTs that I'm holding right now for people that are just too afraid to take custody of them themselves. They don't want to get a wallet. They don't want to have that risk of losing those 24 words or whatever it might be, getting locked out and not being able to access these NFTs. NFTs that I want to gift them. So as a result, although I'm gifting them, I'm still holding them. So by the way, if you've ever heard me speak about some of these NFTs that I've bought for other people as gifts and by any chance that you happen to be looking through my wallet and wait a minute, this is still here. That is the reason because my friends and family that I want to give them to, they're like, you know what? This is too complicated. I'm just not ready to be there right now. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. And when I'm ready to use it, then I'll link up with you and I'll connect with you, whatever it is, and we'll work out how we're going to do this. But Right now, I just don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to learn all of that. It's just too complicated for me right now. And it's not the NFT that's causing them to say that. It's actually the wallet. The reason being is for them to set up a MetaMask, a trust wallet, whichever one it might be, they're going to have to write down those words. They, they know that there's no customer service if they get locked out or anything of that nature. Well, with abstraction, ERC, 4337, this allows you to do certain things, which looks like a Web 2.5 login. And the wallet that I've been trying, I've heard about, and of course, after browsing through, I just wanted to see what new wallets are out there. And you can do this on ethereum.org. There is a wallet finder. You put in the criteria that you're looking for. Is it a hardware wallet? Is it open source? Is there social recoveries? And you can narrow it down to what you're looking for. And the thing that came up was the Amber Wallet. Now, this is something that was being spoken about when this was initially released back in February and March. And they're saying, yeah, the Amber Wallet's coming. This is some great stuff. It's going to be using this ERC-4337. However, at the time when I first discovered it was reading about all this stuff, I just didn't really, 
I wasn't able to test it and everything. Whether the beta was out at that time, I'm not exactly sure, but I just know that when I discovered ERC-337, they said that uh, it was down the pipeline. Amber was supposed to come out and be the first wild that uses it. Now, full disclosure, I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing that correctly because it is A-M-B-I-R-E. However, the logo is a flame. Therefore, I assume that's like amber or the sparks and the flames that are at the bottom of a fire. So as far as that goes, this European company, I think they're headquartered in France, if I'm not mistaken, because I saw that they were actually hiring and everyone needed to be on the European continent to be a part of that team. So by the way, in case you're looking to work on that and you are in Europe, Amber is hiring. They have different roles that are open. So yeah, I'll put that in the show notes in case you're interested in that want to check this out. But the reason why I find this actually pretty interesting is I installed the app on both my Android phone, which I normally do not do. But again, I just wanted to test this out and on my iPhone. And again, the interface is great. I signed up for this particular wallet and there's three options that allows you to do. Number one, you can sign up using an email and password. Number two, you can sign up using a hardware device such as a ledger. Or number three, you can use your MetaMask or whatever it is. You can import it into there and set it up that way. So that's very interesting. And I like how that is. Gives you three options depending where you are on this journey. Do you want to just test this out using what you already know and have? Or do you want to be a complete newbie and have that experience? And that's the one I opted for. I wanted to see what it was like to come into this, set up this wallet without having any clue whatsoever how to do this. And it was straightforward. It was very easy. It asked me to set up a password, an email, asked me if I want to use the biometrics, such as my um, thumbprint or whatever it might be. And then I use a pin number to get into the thing itself. So there's three levels. Then you have your pin, you have your password, and you have your biometrics. And it's going to authenticate using that email to make sure yet this is a trusted device. So there's different layers. Now, of course, this is not as secure and perfect as having your seed and having your 24 locked away in some vault, half of it on one continent, the other half on another continent with trusted intermediaries and different people just in case something happens to you that they know who to connect and how to piece together everything. Yeah, you can go through extreme lengths. But let's talk about the newbie that's coming into the space. Maybe the NFTs that they're getting are just some POAPs. Maybe they're just some gifts for some low cost uh, projects or whatever it might be. And you just want them to be able to access and have utility for it, whether it is a $10 app that they can now get for free because they have this NFT or a discount for a particular live event, uh, you name it. It could be anything that you want them to have access to via these NFTs. Now, they don't have to go through that obstacle of learning all that technical stuff. They can just use their email and their password set it up with a pin, even if they want to have a, a secondary device, let's say they're a little bit more intermediary and they have something else, the MetaMask, okay, they don't have to necessarily re-import that. You can just use the MetaMask as a signer, some interesting things like that, and you're good to go. So I think it is a really cool step. I love the direction that they're going. And as I said, I like the fact that it is just really user-friendly. If you just check this out, it's clean. I think it's simple. It is not intimidating. And I like the fact that they have certain features like you can do swaps in here uh, it's built in default it's on ethereum but it has polygon avalanche bnb phantom opera moonbeam moon river which by the way i haven't heard of any of these moonbeam moon river arbitrum gnosis chain the kucoin chain optimism base of course that's with coinbase Andromeda and OKX chain. So there is quite a few chains that this supports, but the main ones particularly that we know 
especially those of us that are into NFTs. We're talking about Ethereum, Polygon, and BNB. And the other ones are options as well. However, I would say the majority of the people that I know that are doing some cool things in those spaces, those are the chains that they're using. Some great stuff is happening on Optimism, Arbitrum, and all those other trains. And some of them that I have even no clue what they're doing. However, I just know that's where the attention is. That's where the builders are focused on. But the beautiful thing about this is, since it is the EVM, it doesn't matter where people are building. It is the same code stack for the most part. So the skills are transferable and the tech is really transferable. And that, that is why a lot of projects are able to port from one chain to another. If they find that one chain is not suiting them, well, they can then port over. But the cool thing is, let's just say you build something on Ethereum mainnet, for example. You build up a, a, a newbie ecosystem, a newbie set of people. They don't have their seeds and everything written down and you onboard them to use an email and password. But then you find out like, you know what, like this Ethereum chain is the main net. It makes no sense. What we're doing is so low cost. We should go over to Polygon. You don't have to have them reinstall or do anything of that nature. All you have to do is just have them switch from one chain to the other. And if you're going to airdrop them the new version of the token, whatever it might be, you can do it all in there. It is the same exact address that you're going to use because why? It is technically all using the same code. It is the same wallet. They're Ethereum based wallets. Those are Ethereum or EVM chains and everything works perfectly and I think that is really cool. Just one less thing to have to worry about if you're a developer or maybe you have a Ethereum-based project and then the airdrops and various claims and uh, utilities tokens and such will be on Polygon. You can do it all in here. And I think more projects are gonna get creative as more technology like this is coming out, more businesses, I should say, because if you have the option to have a, a Web2 person just easily come in and start interacting and using Web3 assets, that was the biggest barrier for entry, the huge hurdle for anyone to really get the general public. So as far as where's mass adoption coming, I don't know, but we're a lot closer to it than we were in January. As I said, this was announced in February. They rolled it out in March, but now things are really starting to take shape. And when they initially rolled it out, it was only one or two chains that was available. Now they have all of those. So we can see the ecosystem is definitely growing. And the last thing that I will add onto there, what I think is very cool, which I haven't even explored this yet, but they have a couple features that are very interesting, such as the ability to log into dApps without having to authorize. So for example, when you're getting ready to interact with OpenSea, if you've done that with Ethereum, you know that there's that initialization fee and different things that you might have to pay for the collection without getting too technical because this is something I'm still studying myself. So by no means am I going to act like I am a developer. I read the developer notes and things of that nature on how they can build using this stuff, but that doesn't mean I could do it. They have the ability to basically pay the gas fees, especially if it's on something like a Polygon, without having that person have to worry about uh, doing the various things like getting the Matic or the Pol token, which is on the way onto the right chain to be able to have the gas because some people have their ETH and that's it. That's as far as they're going to go. To get them to go to all these other chains and have the native token to pay the gas, that is a tall ask for a lot of people. And again, this is trying to make it easier for newbies. So one less step, those dApps can pay that, have it all going through. And I think that is really cool. And another thing is they allow for the bundling of transaction fees, right? So Rather than having to pay gas for when you're making all these microtransactions, these developers of these dApps can batch all of these together and then be able to commit them to the blockchain all at once, further reducing the cost. So basically the user is paying little or nothing upfront and the developer is just figuring out a way to do all that. 
Why is this important? Because all this happens seamlessly to the front end and a user will never have to know what ERC4337 means. That's for the developers, the companies, and the people that are building cool things. A user, all they have to know is this is my password, this is my pin, this is where my stuff is, that's it. So I think that is really cool. Then of course they have the wallet connect and all the features that we are accustomed to and just basically any wallet at this point so they can log into your Discord and your website and get whatever benefits and utility it is. So it's really cool. And just another thing to be excited about. If nothing else, I'm not saying switch over, start using this wallet, but I, I would highly recommend just uh, taking a look at it. And if you have friends and family that are trying to onboard and you don't necessarily want them to go fully custodial, well, this is a great option. This is a non-custodial wallet and there is that option for uh, recovery and it supports multiple chains. One of those wallets that I absolutely loved and I've done quite a few episodes about it is the Argent wallet. I like how that is a smart contract wallet. However, it doesn't support these chains and has as many features as uh, this because when that rolled out, this is way before the ERC4337 abstraction days and I'm sure they'll figure out ways to integrate that, but they have a lot different focus than what's being built here. And I think this is pretty awesome. So if nothing else, I hope I've given you a lot of things to go, just go research, just check this out, just play with it on your phone, if nothing else, and see how it works. And uh, if you like the user interface, maybe you could recommend it to friends and family. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But as usual, I just wanna thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.